All right, before we begin today's episode, we have to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. They are Lauren L., Aperba, Zach Duran, Paul Campaneshi, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrand, Hanson Screen Printing, and Rock the Green. Thank you guys for being the Ocho and supporting the, the show. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We, of course, are your hosts. I am Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we have a great episode regarding something near and dear to the podcast. Uh, We are talking about the bratwurst capital of the world. Yes, that's right. I said world. Oh, yeah. Uh, We are, of course, talking about Sheboygan, Wisconsin, uh, known for their... Uh, absolute uh, amazing stranglehold on the brat. The old phallic chunk of meat, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the old processed pork sausage or whatever it's made out of. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little it bit. It is pork day. Yeah. Uh, we also have great Wisconsin music from the Appalachians. Uh, we have a beer review and uh, another edition of How Many Locos You At, which is Maybe a tad different today, too. We have yeah, uh, nice. a new segment that we're trying to work out that is going to f- be focused around uh, wild college or uh, university parties, uh, nice. the stories. Yeah, so. and I, I before we uh, Eric continues on here, I just wanted to say, uh, yeah, we've been, kind of been slacking on the interviews, and uh, mostly it's because of the holidays and just booking people schedules. Are just, yeah, people are it's just been crazy. crazy. But yeah. uh, definitely keep tuned. Like, today we're not going to have one, I don't believe. Um, no. But uh, we are going to have some in the future. We have some really good ones coming up on the next couple episodes. Yeah. And uh, they'll definitely be coming back. It's just with the holidays, like, scheduling has just been a disaster. Like, yeah. You understand completely. So. I was just going to say, I mean, all of you can probably relate. Uh, trying to, to fit everything in and to schedule all of your holiday gatherings uh, is very difficult. And, and so we have a lot of people that have uh, gotten back to us and said, hey, you know, the third or fourth week of January, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. Uh, right around that December and early January is just uh, uh, it's a maze for everyone to work around. So uh, we appreciate everybody still coming in and listening and enjoying uh, what we do provide. And uh, we will be back with the interviews, I believe, uh, within just a week or two. So, hey, and also, if you have time, uh, be sure to rate us on uh, Apple Podcast. You can also now rate us on Spotify. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I just that. saw that, and uh, I thank you. And uh, um, and actually, thanks to... Um, uh, there's another podcast that that uh, I listened to as well, and uh, they reached out, and that they were actually the first ones um, who said, uh, uh, "Hey, it was a pleasure to be your first rate on Spotify." And oh, I was like, "Wait yeah. a second, Spotify? You I, can do yeah, that I just saw that um, actually recently." But that's uh, Bottled Up Bitches is oh, uh, heck the, yeah. the other podcast, and they are uh, a phenomenally uh, funny but also interesting podcast, uh, and. Uh, uh, it's definitely a good listen, and uh, I, I encourage everybody go and, and check out. Bottled I mean, up comedy, bitches. comedy, and drinking is like the best, and, I mean, and like, like talking cool about stuff. sex and just oh, wow. like being horny, like weird it's, stuff. You know, it's, it's like greaseball-y. 
I but love that's it. awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that stuff. And it's <laughs> and it's really cool to hear coming from Heck yeah. um uh like two female voices. It's just a uh it's a delightful podcast. I absolutely yeah. love it. It's funny and it's uh like I said also very interesting. Uh um I'm kind of open, check it opens like, me up to a whole new world of thought, which is yeah. great. Uh, so please like and, and rate and subscribe and, and all that stuff on uh, whatever podcast platform you listen to. Hey, and if, if you don't listen on Apple, if you could jump over and give us a five star, that'd be cool. Um, also, uh, stop by our website, uh, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com, uh, where you can find out more information on our Patreon, how to become a subscriber for that. Uh, and uh, also find uh, some of our clothing. So there's a shop on there and we go primarily through T Public as of right now. And uh, you can literally buy just about anything with our logo stamped right on it. So uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, go ahead and rock our logo. Uh, hey, without any further babbling, let's just jump right into this damn thing. Tell me about the Bratwurst Capital. Yeah, so I think before we jump into the episode, we have to take the Brat Oath. And me and Eric follow the oh, Brat Oath. shit. Yeah, we, we follow this Brat Oath to a T. Um, and here it goes. So I... Insert name here, do solemnly swear before all brat certified sausage makers, bakers, backyard chefs, and I vow to respect the brat ritual with all its rights and privileges endowed upon its practice, and I will hold steadfast to its meaning and tradition. With resolution, I proclaim to promise to always fry brats, to always serve them on hard roll, and to always protect them from non-sanctioned preparation techniques. I hereby swear that I denounce pre-boiling. We talk about that often. Yeah. I denounce the overdressing with pickled cabbage and other offensive forms of condemnation. (laughs) I denounce the oblong bun, and I always deny all temptation to engage in interrelations between brat and cheese rituals. It is my duty and intent to become now and forever a pillar of strength and the foundation of the brat capital of the world, and with the duty and intent, I shall never, even in the shadow of the face of death, deny a brat eater a beer. Yeah, are we, um, are we swearing to this? I, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm kind of already follow this. I obviously. think. I think the only time that I that I that I do take this oath, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you even want to say. Uh, that I I take it for granted, or, or that I uh, that I don't listen to it or follow it is uh, generally for uh, like brewer games when I tailgate. Um, an easy way to get kind of done quicker with the cooking process and just onto the drinking process. Um, I will pre-boil. Uh, I'll put them into the bath, get them in, in, you know, with some onions and and uh, butter and the beer, and then I'll put them into a thing. So that way, all I'm doing is putting some grill marks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and getting them on the grill. And when you got to be fast before a game, it's fair. And that's the only thing that I do. Uh, otherwise, when I'm at home, uh, I follow this thing uh, as if we were brewing and, and following the high scaboot. Yeah, know? I mean, the one thing maybe I kind of break too for me is uh, I like mustard and sauerkraut quite a bit. And uh, I don't think it's over condiments. Like, no. I don't think I'm overdoing it, but that's kind of my thing. I love sauerkraut and I love mustard. On my I, and I do follow uh, the, the, the idea that lightly condimented is yeah. the best way. Uh, and the only acceptable condiments, in my opinion, are the ones that you just mentioned. A nice mustard. You could go French's, that's fine. Or you could go with a, something a little more uh, a fancy, a gourmet type mustard. Uh, and then the, the sauerkraut. But I think those are the only ones that you can even possibly uh, convince me are acceptable. Yeah, and for any of you that don't know, the uh, Mustard Museum. Yeah. 
which yeah. is over right by Capitol, Capitol Brewery. Brewery. So if yeah. you're going to go to Capitol Brewery, stop over at the Mustard Museum and get some really cool mustards. That it's place a neat, is amazing. It's a neat little uh, uh, afternoon. You know, quickly go over to Capitol, get your little tour, get drunk, get, get go drunk, get some mustard, and then well, <laughs> and you may actually want to flip those and go to the Mustard Museum first, yeah, so that maybe. way you don't piss them off completely. Yeah, because we think, definitely did. Yeah, but we tried a lot of mustards. Oh, I ate so much mustard. I was like, I was mustard out after that. At the end, I was just chewing mustard, like <laughs> seed. Yeah. So with that, let's begin the episode. So Sheboygan, for those that don't know, is known for many things, including being the Malibu of the Midwest, due to the great surfing there, actually. Whoa. And a place I love to go, uh, as the breaks are phenomenal, is uh, Elbow Point. And uh, it's a place where the water breaks, and it comes into shore from the the point there that reaches out into the lake a little bit. Probably one of the best surfing spots, I would say, on the on the Great Lakes. Yeah, look out, Laird Hamilton. <laughs> oh yeah, I can just ride it straight. That's all I do. I get on a longboard and ride it straight, and I can't do any crazy shit. But yeah. I do enjoy being out on the water. Um, and yeah, so Sheboygan is also known for uh, one of the best and most iconic Wisconsin foods, the brat. Mm, yummy. Shout out to Wisconsin, you know. Yeah, oh, heck yeah. The Brat, it has since been dubbed the Bratwurst capital of the world and the worst city in the world, which W-U-R-S-T. Right. So it all began in the 1830s and 1840s when German immigrants started to heavily settle in this area. And one of the foods brought from the old country called Weisswurst was well known. The Weisswurst. Hell yeah, man. That's a pretty sweet name. Uh, but changed, but it actually changed over time here in the States, becoming what is known today as the brat. So if you go to Germany, you're not going to get the exact same thing as you would get here in Wisconsin. And here's what it defined as a bratwurst or brat is a sausage usually composed of veal, pork, or beef. The name is der- derived from Old High German bratwurst or brat, which is a finely chopped meat and worst or sausage. Brat is usually grilled or fried and sometimes or always cooked in broth or beer. It is the meat that made Sheboygan famous. I like that that is a saying that you get uh, throughout the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everything is something that made something famous or somewhere famous. Yeah. And I mean, for like the immigrants, uh, they kept pigs and were used to make brats. Sheboygan was initially known for wheat production, which we talk about. We are almost the the bread basket of America. Correct. America's bread basket. Our license plate would have looked a little different. Yeah. Wheat and a loaf on there. Yeah. (laughs) But veal and many other meats were not available uh, initially to settlers, thus turning to pork for their sausages and popularizing what is now known as a bratwurst, using the intestines of the pig for the casings. And uh, pigs, if you don't know, um, when when a lot of the original settlers came here, pigs grow really easily. They eat pretty much anything. And they're like, if you go to Arkansas now, there's like a wild pigs, right? From the original people that drop pigs off to go like Like basically graze. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So now they've like mutated into these fucking beefs. Yeah, dude. Now they are uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles style hogs oh, that yeah, are just dude. dangerous as hell freaking bebop yeah there so, yep uh, we have to talk a, a little about the title and how it was received in the city in the 1970s a city battle with uh Bucyrus, ohio for the title and after a grueling battle it was determined that sheboygan would get the title on august 14th of 1970 thanks to judge john bulgert as stated in the ruling that based upon the findings of fact, here and above stated that the citizens of Sheboygan, through their sausage makers, bakers, and backyard chefs, have established their right to herein litigated title, not only by virtue of claim, but also virtue of performance, Judge Bulger concluded. It is the judgment of the court that Sheboygan is and of right out to be the Broadworth's capital of the world. And this battle also included a fry-off that was to be judged in Sheboygan to defend the title and included the likes of Bob Long, a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. 
uh, Mayor Wallace Berkey and Dr. Hans Ruse from Germany. And this would just fully ingrain the title. As it was stated by Ruse that the brats in Sheboygan are the kind you want to eat more and more of, and they're not too spicy. And Bruceiros had to leave with their tails behind their, their ass cheeks. <laughs> in their ass cheeks. In their ass cheeks. <laughs> to be nice, however, they allowed them to use the Bratwurst Capital of America title, but not the world. That's Sheboygan. And today, many of the world's largest producers are in Sheboygan, such as uh, Johnsonville Meats, Old Wisconsin Sausage, Sheboygan Sausage Company, to name the major players. The smaller ones and maybe some of the lesser knowns include Maisfield, Triangle Market, Ludke's, and uh, Henry Poth's Meats. Just some of them yeah. that are in the city. And there's so many. I mean, your local butcher down the street, you know, has uh, a great sausage making operation as well. You know, oh, yeah. so uh, we encourage everybody. Go check out uh, a, a bunch of these different meat shops and, and local uh, uh, butcher shops that you have in your neighborhood. And if you haven't checked out uh, It's Wisconsin, you know, uh, oh, you yeah. definitely got to check them out. They came out in an earlier pod for an interview, but uh, yeah. he came up with a thing called the pocket brat. So you always have one ready to go in your pocket. Yeah. In Wisconsin, you kind of need Which that. is smart. I mean, honestly, that's uh, that's about as uh, uh, you know common as you know just having a extra roll of toilet paper in the trunk here. Oh yeah. You know yes, how the matches like slap into a Slim Jim in Wisconsin's like, "Oh, uh, slap into a sausage there, Bob." Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think that that's a that's an idea that uh, it, it could potentially even make its way onto the Wisconsin state flag. I think that you go ahead and put a a, a pocket brat in in the pocket of the miner. Oh, that'd know? be great. Yeah. Just to show off his uh, goods. Absolutely. I think just to just to remind everybody to, you know, hey, watch out you know, make sure that uh, you cover your hunger while you're out there working hard. If you're single and ready to mingle, I don't recommend the brat. It makes you look like an average Joe. <laughs> is that a is that a brat in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Yeah. Now the, it's creepy. The the brat in the pocket, like you got to kind of be careful because it kind of looks like you're an average Joe. But if you want to go for the big die, yeah, yeah, a sausage link log, meter worst, a meter worst, or a link log where yeah. it just goes right down the pant leg. Show it's it not off, believable baby. most of the time, though. You don't think so? No, people are just like. That's fake. That's that's a big garlic log. That's a garlic huge <laughs> sausage log. <laughs> I know what's going on here. All right. <laughs> Tripod. Are you, trying to, are you trying to shoplift or you're happy to see me? I don't know. One of the two. Yeah, you so, can't leave Walmart like that. Yeah, I know. Holy smokes, that guy's hung like a sausage <laughs> link. Yeah, he is Johnsonville. He is. Johnson Dog. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Brat also appears at many of their festivals and events held each year, including the Bratsky Cross-Country Ski Race yeah. and the Fryout of Brats. The annual Bratwurst Days are usually scheduled in August. This yeah. includes a parade, which includes a mascot donned in Lederhosen known as the Bratmeister, a Bratwurst eating contest, and what would German Brat festivities be without polka? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Alpine, uh, yeah. Alpine Blast. So, Eric, before we wrap, the, wrap this up, we talk often. Um that you uh, do a quick grill and then s- straight to the fry with uh, onions and beer. And it sounds like, according to Sheboygan, we are doing it right. Like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, like I said, I think, you know, I, I inherited my uh, my brat recipe, my my brat tradition uh, from my dad. And and, uh, and I, I believe he got it from, you know, his, I think they are tradition uh, traditionally, uh, uh, German or Polish uh, heritage, his mom, you know, and, and his dad. And both of them came from uh, the, uh, like, lacrosse on Alaska area in, yeah. in Wisconsin. And um, I would like to say, you know, the, the I think the tradition really came uh, from from at least, you know, uh, a couple of uh, 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 versions before, you know, them. And, and, you know, that's what I've been doing now is just, 
make sure you put a little quick fry on it, put those grill marks on, make sure you don't break the casing, but then rip it inside and, and get it into a nice little bath. Don't boil it, but yeah. you put it in the bath with, and I stand behind adding the butter to the oh, beer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, getting the nice uh, onion slices, and then, uh, like I've said before, you could season it even in that water if you want. But I think, to, for the most part, the the onions and that butter are the exact thing you need on top on top of that. Beer. Yeah, I mean, for me, it started off uh, with pretty simple recipe. It was uh, onions, butter, and then Miller Light was what my family started yeah, with. Yeah, uh, I moved to Paps when I kind of moved out because mm-hmm. I was cheaper and I always had Paps on hand. It was like my yeah. beer to go to. Now I've experimented more with the craft beers thanks to like right, those brewers right. with ambers and some other lagers. And yeah, and honestly, you know the the best tradition in Wisconsin as as far as you know brat fries go. Uh, use whatever's in your fridge. If yeah, you've got yeah. an old beer sitting in the, skunk, honestly, skunk the, skunk, works just fine. the skunkier the better almost. Yeah, skunk works fine. Um, we had one guest that came on the show who said that they had like freaking two-year-old paps. It's yeah. like super skunk from hot and cold, hot and cold. And yep. It's like the best brats he's ever yeah. made. So. I, I mean, I won't deny that, you know, the, the, the brat doesn't take on a whole lot of the beer flavor. So it's not going to be... Uh, uh, a, a crazy amount of skunk that you taste or anything like that. It's really just uh, the suds kind of seeping into that casing a little bit and kind of mixing uh, and and playing this beautiful harmony with uh, the other flavors. And, and so, you know, for the most part, you, you really are just going to get what the butcher intended you to get. Yeah. And then these things are just adding a little bit of extra. Yeah. And if you get a chance uh, after this episode today, uh, go and get yourself some brats and uh send us a picture of how you prepare with the beer in there. We'd love yeah. to see it. And if, you know, our German and Belgian listeners, uh, let us know what the Weisswurst looks like, how you guys do the Weisswurst, because I'm I, just curious on the traditions over there. And I just wanted to say, I mean, could you be in a better state uh, for celebrations-wise? I mean, you've got, you know, the Brat Days in Sheboygan. You've got Cheese Days in Monroe. Yeah. You've got Oktoberfest damn near everywhere. And we celebrate beer, like, nonstop throughout uh, the summer and fall and, and spring. Uh, as far as uh, craft beer days or things like that, and and just with the sheer amount of uh, microbreweries that we can go to in the state, uh, this is absolutely amazing. I love it, and uh, I say once again, uh, Wisconsin is absolutely the the oh, heartland yeah. of America. All right, so today's music segment is uh, a band called the Appalachians. Um, they are from the Milwaukee area. They're kind of like alternative rock uh, yeah a little alt indie sound too. yeah kind of reminds me of uh, strfkr i don't want to say the name i swear too much the way it is <laughs> but uh it reminds me of the song kind of ronald gregory a little bit um just yeah. a little bit kind of the sound and the vocals i think he does a great job the lead singer is uh, incredible yeah and and uh like i said i mean this was uh, a cool story nonetheless uh but th- they had taken i think a small break and and uh, Adam, one of the, the members of the band, uh, had had unfortunately been diagnosed with uh, with with cancer, and then he beat it, which is amazing. That's, and then that's huge. That's it's awesome. massive. And then he, he continues to rock. So here we are with this amazing, you know, newer single uh, called Outside, and uh, we get to continue to rock out to this absolutely phenomenal uh, music. And it's uh, it's a killer song. Uh, right from the moment you you first start to hear it, you kind of get that idea of like your finger tapping, you're humming along, yeah, yeah. you're getting into it, you're you're kind of slowly rocking your head, uh, but, uh, and so yeah, amazing song for sure. And can we raise a beer to uh, Adam Absolutely. for uh, beating cancer? Absolutely. Man. Um, cheers to a new friend, and uh, hope you guys lo- enjoy the song uh, Appalachians outside. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Rock and roll, man. I absolutely love it. Uh, the kind of natural distortion, almost like the levels yeah. of peaking, uh, is is absolutely killer. I'm not sure who uh, um, helped produce or uh, or helped uh, uh, in the studio uh, with mixing or mastering. What, but what are you thinking? That's a tube screamer or just a general distortion? I'm not I sure. would imagine that they probably used uh, a TS... TS9 or TS808. Cool. It sounds uh, good. Actually, or, with, the, with the pause in there and yeah. stuff, it sounds great. Yeah. Uh, really cool song. Again, that was the Appalachians. Uh, that song was outside. Um, they do have uh, some music on Spotify where I check them out, and uh, you should absolutely do that as well. So I got a question for you, Eric. Since you're kind of more of a Southern person, I've always heard Appalachia or Appalachians. I have no idea. Okay. I, I was actually uh, I've heard both. That's why I was wondering because you your family's more from the app the Appalachian we're from, region, yeah, Kentucky area, like the so. Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois. So I was wondering what you guys say. No, in Wisconsin we say Appalachia, but uh, yeah, I've heard Appalachia. I've heard all kinds of things. I was, I I was wondering go the true really hard with the ch- with the ch instead of a sh. Like okay, Appalachians. Okay, instead of Appalachians. Okay, I was just wondering how you guys do it because I know in Wisconsin it's always Appalachian. Yeah, like I always hear Appalachian on like the newscasts and stuff. And here, we were but. just in uh, Tennessee. Uh, this past weekend and uh, uh, of course as you're going through like uh, uh, different areas of you know Kentucky into Tennessee into you start seeing all the things for like the the you know Appalachian Mountains and, and that kind of stuff but Appalachian Appalachian does, I'm okay. sure it's, I've heard it Appalachian on the news I've heard Appalachia yeah. when it's on a southern broadcast so I was yeah. just wondering what you guys say so I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's all the same I hope at least yeah <laughs> Um, let's go to the beer review segment. We have a, a tasty little number here from uh, the Hinterland Land, which was, uh, it's all in Green Bay now. Uh, they used to have a restaurant in the Milwaukee area. Yeah, Hinterland makes some good beers. They actually. make some really great beers. Yeah, this and one's I think a they're phenomenal. actually, they have a place inside of uh, Lambeau Field now. Uh, Are they serving it on tap in the field too? I know? believe so. Oh, nice. Cool. So Hinterland, uh, go ahead, Russ, with the... Yeah, so this one is a barrel age called Grand Cru. Um, it's a 22 an- 22, 22nd anniversary beer combining uh, bourbon barrel aged um, with another beer, actually. So it has like a, a Belgian ale flavor to it. Nice. And the style, the actual style name from the website is actually a kettle sour barrel aged cherry Belgian ale. And uh, you're obviously getting the Belgian ale up front. Very malty, very Belgian-y, maybe a little... Um, beet sugar in there adding yeah. that little extra kick to it sure. but you're also getting that sour finish of the cherry as well yeah yeah the 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 number that i that i got right away was this tartness on the back that was like like eating a a, a really nice cherry pie yeah you're getting that like the the tartness of the cherry coming through you're getting the aroma is more of like the oak bourbon barrel bourbon chips coming off the yeah. the, the thing it pours like a uh, reddish golden red color yeah. i guess like a hint of red on there probably from the cherries obviously um but yeah this one's coming in at eight percent abv and 25 ibus so it's not very bitter but there is a tartness from the cherry so you are getting a tartness like a the sour finish from the cherry yeah um from their website actually um it does pair well with uh smoked barbecue and pecan pie kind of that smoky nutty, i can imagine the yeah. smoky nuttiness i mean that's what you're getting right away so it probably pairs very well yeah I would imagine any sort of barbecue would would go really well with this. Whether you're eating, a, you know, a rack of ribs or or a uh, you know a, a pork, you know, shredded pork sandwich or something. Yeah, and I I would like to know what hops they're using in this. I mean, for me, I'm kind of getting a centennial 
f- flavor. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. I mean, that's kind of the one we're kind of familiar with that one. There, there's another one in there that I don't actually know. It might yeah. be a specialty malt, and I can't tell the flavor of it. Um, and yeah. it's, it's really tasty, but yeah, it's it's coming in with like a, a standard two-row base malt. You're getting that Vienna style to it. Uh, just a very good beer. And I, I highly recommend you guys go and check it out because it is only a limited release. That's correct? Yeah, yeah and I don't even know. Uh, I really don't know when it was released as far as uh, um, if it's still available. I believe it is, and I believe they have it on tap at Hinterland. So if you are in the Green Bear area, I mean, you probably are a little bit more uh, likely to find it, but it, uh, I, I ended up getting it from a friend, uh, who got it as like a gift. So, um, yeah. And if you guys are sucking this down in the frozen tundra, you got to send us a picture of that that's freaking huge. A hinterland. Absolutely. Holy smokes. Hinterland makes that's like the most Wisconsin beers. thing you could ever do. Yeah. And especially the fact that they're located right on Lombardi, you know, in green Bay. I mean, that's phenomenal. I always, you know, what's funny is like, I was just talking to someone with like a super up North accent, somebody I work with in uh, Lombardi is Lombardi, <laughs> the Lombardi trophy. Hey there. Lombardi. The Lombardi. So Whoa. That's how you say it, I guess. Up All north, right. So, but yeah, that's going to conclude the uh, beer review. Um, Eric, uh, do you want to queue up that intro for the uh, loco? Yeah. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's time for how many locos you have. And Russ, let me tell you, this one is pure fucking chaos. This is this is like um, nuts. This is unlike any of the ones that we've done as of yet. Uh, so this is um, this this one is kind of like the introduction to a potential new segment uh, that's kind of centered around Wisconsin's university uh, college uh, drinking you know atmosphere and so this one is from madison wisconsin just this past summer uh slash spring this was for the mifflin uh the mifflin street block party that happens uh, every year in madison <clears throat> and uh so this one it, it's a uh the, the the mifflin street thing goes back you know 50 years you know or more that's a huge tradition big tradition i mean so, kids playing hammerschlag and beer pong and like, in the front lawn i was just, just gonna say everybody's yard is is a new party you know yeah um so this one it, the biggest uw madison party since the pandemic started uh it got a little out of hand is what the article reads <laughs> Uh, the Mifflin Street Block Party has a reputation that dates back more than 50 years, but some nearby residents admitted Monday that things went too far. Um, I think this is from uh, an eyewitness uh, uh, interview that was given. Uh, we'll withhold names. I know the article's out there, but we don't usually say a whole lot of names on yeah, here. So. We keep anonymity for yeah, exactly. uh, the drunks and exactly. the wild so kids. The, the, the student said, I think it had a lot to do with people being locked inside all year for COVID. Uh, it felt almost like a pressure was being released. I mean, it was crazy. There was no two ways about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Shirts ripping off. This is yeah. a whole Kogan moment. Like, and I can understand, outside, too. Yeah. You know, everybody was kind of at that moment. It was almost like everybody had a release valve and needed to let off a little steam and pressure. So, uh, you know, I, I could understand the, the idea here. He also went on to say that... Uh, 
uh, there was really nothing neighbors could do to, to stem the uh, crowd. I mean, it was just absolutely, uh, uh, it was chaotic and, and there was nothing anybody could do. In videos posted to Instagram, one person can be seen climbing a tree very near a power line. Attaboy. Uh, that is not a good idea, but uh, hey, you know, a couple of uh, Miller lights will tell you otherwise. Um, <laughs> and a couple shots of Rumpelman's, man. So The bravery comes <clears throat> back to you. Exactly. The, the old uh, uh, loose juice here. Uh, there was probably uh, there was probably in the neighborhood of several thousands people in Holy backyards, uh, and it was standing room only. It was shoulder to shoulder. Uh, it was hard to walk around. It was chaotic. People were yelling. People were throwing things and jumping on cars. So this is where we start to begin some of the more uh, uh, rowdy behavior that was very destructive. Um, so the individual uh, um, that they interviewed on this was distraught to learn that her car was absolutely destroyed. Uh, and that's right from the article. Uh, this person had to launch a GoFundMe page Dang. to pay for repairs, um, which is kind of crazy to, to me to think because you could you could I think you could file an insurance claim on that. Right. Yeah. I, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I mean, know. unless you carry I, I guess a she just didn't want deductible. her rates to go up or something, you know, because it will. <clears throat> But you know what that does to the resale market of a car is that now there's a lie in the background of that vehicle. True. You know, something's been replaced and, you know, the old car fox don't know about it. And I don't I don't like that. I think. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like she, you know, started this GoFundMe page to pay for repairs. Um, and uh, uh, there was just a lot of chaos going on. Um, it, it was not only one car damaged, but there's like. Uh, videos that show people walking across nearby cars, like over the tops of, you know, the the hoods and and the roofs of cars. Um, uh, the one person uh, had a dented hood and a windshield that was completely smashed. Um, they're not sure if the structure of the car might be messed up, so it might be totaled. We're not sure, is what one person said. Holy smoke! <laughs> Pretty wild, right? Someone was just beating the hell out um, of that thing. So, I guess the Madison police did eventually. Uh, move people out of the neighborhood. However, not before, you know, thousands of dollars of damage was done. Um, they were examining, I guess, videos for potential criminal charges. Um, four people were cited, processed, and released. So that's four people out of literally thousands that uh, partook in, in this Mifflin in this neighborhood, dude, Madtown Four is like people. living up to its reputation. Oh, I mean, hundred percent. And like, there was like, if you look at this article, there's more. Like, there's someone threw a spike through a windshield. Someone oh, yeah. bashed in a windshield. Like, this is just nuts. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, people are literally chaos. like, they're they're doing David Gruber's on hoods of cars, and then elbow dropping windows. Like, so this is WWF meets it's Wisconsin. You yeah, know. holy smokes! It's absolutely it's it's nuts. Uh, it's a wild party. This more so wild than any of the other ones I've been involved in. I've been to Mifflin a handful of times and can honestly say it's generally a drunken stupor, but there's not a whole lot of damage being done, you know, other than to your liver and to your body. I, and I know when I stayed at the region, it was like whenever there's a Badgers game, there's always chaos and fights outside the windows. Sometimes you could just like, I'd always watch the games from home, like in my little dorm, and I'd just Make, watch yeah. fist fights, like yep. on the street. It was just like nonstop with the bars let out and like fisting fights, huh? Oh, dude, you, you know what? Especially Michigan State, there'd be people dressed in blue, and there'd be all all brawls. I on can the streets. imagine. So any game against Michigan or Michigan State, and any game against Ohio State, would dude, be... the Wolverines were just taking some blows, dude. <laughs> 
I'm telling you right now. Fucking Milverine came out for that one, too, oh, just yeah. to oh, beat ass be on aw- the Wolverines. If the Milverine came out, could you imagine the chaos? Yeah. Just like... Everybody's dead, probably. I know. I don't Every think... Michigan citizen that came to <laughs> Nobody Wisconsin survived. is just dead yeah. in gutters and like, yeah. oof. Uh, Harbaugh is just... At, he's like hung on a stake. Like, I mean, it's just bad. <laughs> Um, so Russ, we don't have a ton of really great information on this one other than, uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's thousands of drunk people, four people were processed and cited since it's like that crazy. Like, I think we need to do like a group average loke. On yeah. this one, like the, especially the one the dude who drew over the freaking spike, like 300 through a windshield. <laughs> yeah, dude. He this went Sparta. straight Sparta. Just wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I have a number that I like. Yeah, I think so too. I think. Do you want average, to go on three? Remember, yeah, yeah. I think of each individual, each individual person. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Three, two, one. Twelve. I was guessing sixteen. So you okay. want to meet in the middle there? Fourteen. Fourteen. Because there's yeah. probably some blackout folks in there. I'm trying to average out the crowd. Oh, for sure. There's probably some like people uh, down and out. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't remember shit about that day. Yeah, and if you are a Trojans fan, remember there's no protection in Madison, even not if you, you are a Trojan. Yeah, not for you. There's no rubbers that'll save you from getting a beat down. Yeah, in you're, <laughs> you're gonna get out drank and probably uh, out punched. Bows dropped. Out elbowed. Oh yeah, you get a fish, couple fish bowls. Get a couple you. of yeah, Wando's fish bowls. Oh, you get a couple Wando's in you. You get a couple of fish fries in you. Oh now it's yeah, over. you got the grease and the liquor. Oh, it's absorbency. It's, you're just taking going. on more alcohol. Your bloodstream's like eighty percent <laughs> liquor at that point. You're just ready to fight. So. You are a you are a uh, an absolute machine gun ready to go. You're just an animal ready to <laughs> ready to pounce. You're true badger. All right, so fourteen loco. Hit let's that sound lyric. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.